Welcome to the New York Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation Meeting. Each month we work together as a group to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energy in the service of humanity and all life forms. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork at lucistrust.org, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T dot org. Good evening and greetings to all who are participating during these interesting times in this festival of Pisces, whose keynote, I leave the Father's home, turning back, I see, is vibrantly sounding in our hearts, through our groups, and throughout the world a world in which we are active actors in the planetary drama of salvation and redemption. There are three signs of salvation in the zodiac, Leo, Sagittarius, and then Pisces, the sign of world saviors. And this is the sign with which we are working now. This is the sign that has qualified the world for close to over 2,000 years. And it cannot be overemphasized that Pisces has prepared the field for the next 2,000 plus years when the focus will be on the relatively new idea of group service. The Pisces keynote depicts a state of some great outbreathing and inbreathing and tells the epic story of humanity's journey from the Father's home into material experience and his return back to the Father's home, to the Spirit, with a gain of that experience and a demonstrated capacity to save. In this keynote is stated with great brevity the commencement and the long process of this at once divine and human journey. A glimpse of the actual happening is symbolically portrayed in the following quote. Before the throne of God, the angel with all other angels stood and cried, Lord of my life, Grant me the strength to tread the path of revelation, to cross the sea of dark illusion and face the lighted way of earth. God said, Go forth and far away. Thus began the path of earth experience. This is involution, the exodus, so to say, the first part of the journey. And then, after what must have been untold eons, we are presented with another stage of the journey. When, after reaching the first demanded destination, the earth, there seemed to be some dissatisfaction in spite of all that the earth offers. A dissatisfaction perhaps engendered by some yearning, some vague remembrance of the Father's home which instigates a turning around, 
this turning around is the distant beginning of discipleship, which later transforms into a directed search for the Father's home, when pain has brought its due reward of light and love. The angel approaches and stands before the gates, by this time endowed with the gain of earth's experience. This stage is forever captured for us in the following words. Before the gate which opens on the lighted way, the angel stood alone and said, Lord of my life, the way of revelation is the way of manifested life. The path of dark illusion leads to the glory of the rising sun. The lighted way of earth leads to the light which scatters every shadow. I seek to tread the lighted way which leads back to thy presence. As yet that way is dark. What shall I do? God said, Draw near and enter into thine own light, and in that light you shall see light. This is, we are told, the way of the Antakarana. This is the path of return, the path of redemption. And here briefly is presented an account of humanity's sojourn, his involution into matter, his turning around towards spirit, towards the Father's soul. Today we speak of evolution with easy acceptance and recognition, though in certain places controversy still rages about evolution. But on a larger scale, the scientific community holds evolution as a fact in nature. And this has influenced public opinion for the better. And even then, the scientific point of view does not go far enough to include the vast expanse of significance accorded evolution by the esotericists. Nor do they account for the earlier part of that long duration that preceded evolution and which we reasonably recognize as involution. All the same, it is a great stride from previously held notions or beliefs, and we may say that some light indeed has streamed forth into human minds. So holding on to the idea of light, let us take a moment of silence to link up in consciousness with all the groups and individuals throughout the world who are similarly working and sound the most ancient prayer for light, the Gaia tree. O thou who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return, unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. Oh.
Pisces, the fishes, is a dual sign. And a sign of the eternal duality symbolized for us as two fishes traveling in opposite directions, connected and not separate, but held together by a band. One fish is headed north and the other is swimming on the horizon. We are told that the fish headed north represents the aspirant. And the one swimming on the horizon represents the average person. But what is it that binds them together, as the symbol indicates? What is the relationship between the aspirant to the mysteries and the average person? Or is there a relationship between them at all? This question and consideration opens up many fruitful considerations, and two are suggested here. Could not the two fishes represent by the same individual at different stages of awareness? One time when he was unawakened and another time when she awakens. The other suggestion is a group recognition and inheres in the service to be rendered by one group represented by the fish to the other group represented by the other fish through the linking understanding of love. The two fishes swimming in opposite direction in the ocean, in the sea of humanity, one group tossed about here and there in the mighty waves of desires and its never satisfying gratifications, of hopes and frustrations, of confusions and bewilderment. For the majority of us, there seems to be no escape from this turbulent sea of troubles, this sea of economic and social upheavals. The turmoil engendered seem to define the world situation today, evoking storms of emotion that swell around us on all sides, and mighty waves of anger and fear and bitterness engulf us all submerging our makeshift boats and even our well-built ships sometimes. Many drown in this unresting sea as they embark on the perilous voyage in search of better life. And even when they know they are not welcomed, they still brave the storm out of desperation to get to the other shore. Others are shipwrecked, momentarily rescued and returned to the old, frightening conditions they seek to escape. Still others reach the seemingly inviting shores, only to face the wrath of relatively far comfortable citizens of these new countries who fear for the possible changes in their material conditions that might be supposedly created by the newcomers. Their fears and anxieties are real, and the myopic and separative solutions offered by the unillumined mind only add to the problems. A sizable group have learned to swim in these waters. But even this group, which forms a tiny so-called fortunate group, when carefully observed, are not any better. For upon close scrutiny, they fare not well at all. For the waters that they have seemingly mastered and in which they swim are all muddied, murky, shallow, and polluted. In fact, in this sea that engulfs us all, no one is safe. 
And of this peril, all nations and their peoples are a testimony. This group comprises the fish swimming on the horizon. But to the group represented by the other fish that swims to the north, that is the aspirants of the world, the situation indicates a great learning process, a process demanding understanding and a toil through which humanity will reap its due reward of light and love. So all is not gloomy, and men and women of goodwill and even youth are working to aid, to help, to clarify the ways of the good, the beautiful, and the true to humanity through right interpretation of present happenings, through the demonstration of decency in everyday living, and the upholding of principles in difficult situations and circumstances, and through mere straight love and interest and concern for the other person. And now this is being done on the group level, thus intensifying goodwill and accelerating the establishment of right human relationships. Individuals are linking their lights objectively and subjectively and amplifying and stimulating their lights into a radiance never seen before. A radiance that is penetrating and revealing work to be done or unrealized labor, as Agni Yoga will call it. This is evoked by the light streaming forth from the Father's home which meets the progress of the pilgrim, the prodigal son, the angel on the way. And with this light in mind, may we at this point thoughtfully and imaginatively sound the mantra of light. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of grammar. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So the day of opportunity is with us. In its most propitious time, are we making good of this offer? Are the energies made available through the keynote of Pisces increasingly gaining in recognition and precipitating into humanity's consciousness and restoring the plan on earth? These are some of the considerations facing humanity today. There are three constellations representing the energies produced by Pisces. The first being a cluster of stars called the band. The second constellation is Andromeda, the chained woman in Pisces, representing matter harnessed. This chained woman in Pisces is today being liberated into a more enlightened expression of her powers. And we have today all kinds of groups asserting themselves. But of special note is the impulse of women to assert themselves anew, individually and in groups. And this impulse is reverberating in the world. Women are proving themselves and their worth. 
assuming challenging leadership positions, writing their own her story, chronicling their timeless contributions, and demanding that they are heard, recognized, and acknowledged appropriately, and thus seek to do their own duty as they journey to thy sacred feet, free from the fears of unenlightened men and women and the chains of unenlightened age-old practices that shut people in, close doors, build barriers, and sow seeds of discord and separation. The third constellation is the king named Cepheus, the husband of Cassiopeia and the father of Andromeda. This suggests that the king represents the spirit or the father aspect. The first constellation, the band, relating the two fishes is like a conduit, a channel, a bridge and conductor of the great energies of Pisces which produce mediation and which develops sensitivity in the individual and later in the group. It is one of the greatest of the energies of Pisces. Today is demonstrating all over. We have a band of world workers, the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity, working everywhere in the world, in every possible field of work, from every race, in every religion, in every political party, in every social group, in every organization, in every esoteric and new age group, and in every school of thought. And the 2,000 years of Piscean energies are born great fruits. A Tibetan says that the work accomplished by, by and through this energy is so successfully accomplished that it has produced a mediating group of service. This group acts as an intermediary between the hierarchy and humanity, and it has also developed the sensitive response of humanity to contacts and to such a degree of sensitivity that the response to be accorded to the activities of the new group of world service is very real and cannot be negated. Concerning the symbolic meaning of Andromeda, we have indeed harnessed matter to a great degree. We have cultivated the land and produced vast areas of industrial farms. We have built great cities and towns. We have scaled the heights and attained the peaks of the highest and great mountains. We have built bridges across mighty rivers and plumbed the depth of the seas while sailing across the oceans of the world. We have conquered the expanse of the air and space and soared to other planets. We have controlled and employed the mysterious, the most mysterious of the elements, the element of fire, in our factories and smelters, and harnessed its energy in our machines and produced electric power in our power generating plants. We have even ventured into the realm of time and progressively and rapidly doing much more in the shortest possible time. In fact, modern science has completely altered our concept of time in such a way that we are able to appreciate activities that occur in a billionth of a second, giving birth to a whole new technology. 
the nanotechnology. But all has not been well, and in the process, we have seriously damaged the environment. But this too is calling our attention. Now we are entering into the realm of the etheric and here too rapidly penetrating into its wonders and challenges awaiting humanity. All of these have been made possible through the harnessing energies produced by Pisces and represented by Andromeda. In the process of this harnessing of nature, we have created or developed the metaphors for the greater and truer spiritual harnessing activity awaiting humanity as the aspirant. From now on, the harnessing will be in consciousness. But in what does this greater and true harnessing consist, we may ask. Is it not the harnessing of the personality form into a group sensitivity so as to render it a receptive vehicle for the mediating energy symbolized by the first constellation in Pisces, called the band? Is it not the harnessing of the powers of the human mind, aspiration, and intelligent activity in order to cooperate with the great processes of redemption, which the return to the Father's home entails, and which our experience in the harnessing of matter has made possible? This is some of the toil in Pisces facing the individual and the collective aspirant, humanity itself. Today, this humanity is the aspirant and the disciple. Removing the chains and extricating himself from the material emphasis of selfishness and separativeness, the spiritual bond that relates humanity to the Father's home is coming into greater recognition and permitting identification with humanity's divine heritage in an ever greater range of inclusiveness whose field of operation is the concern for the whole world, and bearing fruit in such astonishing achievement as the Sustainable Development Goals. The third constellation in Pisces is the king, Cepheus, and the interpretation suggests that here is represented the father, the spirit patiently waiting for the return of the prodigal son, humanity itself, the angel, and until all returns home, the father waits. Therefore, in Pisces, we have the three constellations of the band, mediating between Andromeda, the harnessed martyr, and the king, the father aspect, spirit all contributing and providing the inspiration of the world savior and at the same time the field of salvation for humanity and may the mark of the savior as the group toils in pisces be seen above the aura of the group with these thoughts Let us enter into our meditation. The full moon approach to the hierarchy. Letting in the light. The keynote of the full moon approach to the hierarchy says, 
He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light. And lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Meditation, letting in the light. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of well service, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. Extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extra planetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation, 
reflect on the seed thought. I leave the father's home and turn him back. I save.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth and prepare physical plane centers through which the plankam manifests. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as a sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ. The group of world service, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Together sound the affirmation. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these imporing energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetly inlets London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. actual full moon occurs at 9.42 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the 20th of March. 
No. The actual full moon occurs at 10.53 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 10.53 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. On February 19th, tomorrow, at 10.53 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the next new moon meditation will be on March 6th at 6 p.m. here at the Lucy's Trust office. And all are cordially invited. So we are actually moving into the high tide of the full moon. And every aspiration, every consideration, every thought is needed to bring light and love to the world in these tumultuous times. May success and victory attend to all that we do. Thank you. Thank you for your participation in this group service. Please join us again next month. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork at lucistrust.org.